Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do the Woo, the WooCommerce Builder Podcast, episode 212. This show is brought to you by Weglot, announcing their WordPress global sponsorship for meetups and WordCamps in 2022. And Nexus, manage hosting plans that keep Woo shops powerful, profitable, and error-free. I'll tell you more about our pod friends later in the show, but it's time to dive into some serious Woo dev chat with our three dev co-hosts and their special guests this month. Well. We're back again with another episode of the Woo Dev Chat. I'm here with Carl and Till, and we have J Trip joining us. John James Jacoby, hello from uh, East Troy, not far from me. Not far from you, right? You're still in Rockford, so yeah, easy hour. Yeah, not bad at all. I make that trip pretty much every time I go to the rave. Oh yeah. What are you going for next? That's uh, we're getting. We're, I'm going to jump right into this and ask you a question. What are you going to the rave for next? I'm not a hundred percent sure, but probably Mudvayne and Starset. Awesome. Gosh. Okay. For those of us that don't live an hour apart, what is the rave? The rave is a legendary multi-stage music venue in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And on top of it is the Eagles Ballroom, the top floor, which is where I saw Run DMC and Craftwork, uh, which were like both amazing, amazing shows. Nice. Uh, it's cool. It's just one of those venues that there's there's not much like it. And so when there's a cool artist or somebody performing it's one there, of a kind, yeah, it's really, really cool. It's like an old ballroom. So the floor is legitimately a ballroom and it's all ornate and very cool and decorated, neat. And it's a bunch of floors and it's super open and the acoustics are fun yeah cool you know speaking of concerts rage against the machine is touring again this year in north america and i'm 35 now and none of my friends want to go with me i'm pretty bummed out i'm contemplating just going with myself because i've never seen them i was too young funny story about that is there's a not just the rave but in in east troy where i live excuse me is the the second largest outdoor amphitheater in the United States called Alpine Valley. And so Alpine Valley Music Theater uh, is going to be hosting Rage Against the Machine. Uh, so I will, they will be two seconds away from there. It's like a half a block away from our house. So And are you going to go? Oh, so you don't even need a ticket. You'll just hear it. Oh, of course. No, yeah, we're just going to hear it. Uh, and so it'd be, because it's so close, we have friends, uh, family friends that work for uh, the venue or clear channel or that volunteer and help out. And so it's guaranteed to be an amazing time. Excited about Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. You know, Alpine Valley didn't have shows for a while, but uh, it's nice to see them coming back and having, uh, having shows. I know they were trying to restart right before the, the large gap in performances happened, but uh, it's nice to see them coming back. Alpine Valley was famous for a number of very large tours, not the least of which being Ozfest, uh, but also uh, when Lollapalooza was still a traveling show, Lollapalooza was there. Uh, so very, very legendary outdoor. I think we're alienating anybody under 30 right now. 
<laughs> yeah. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Maybe. But uh, yeah. So we have you here not to discuss music, but programming <laughs> as much as we'd like. So we were discussing before the, the episode started. Um, you used to work on uh, on EDD, right? Before. That is right. Yeah. Yeah. What did you find the most challenging about working on it? Uh, so when I started at Sand Hills back in 2017, it was with like a very explicit intent of uh, moving uh, all of Easy Digital Downloads' data out into custom database tables, which sort of transitions nicely from your last episode to this one. Where mm-hmm. yeah, the last episode. Yeah, the last episode exactly. And uh, so it it started off as. Let's let's try and find a way to to move that data out of the posts and post types and taxonomies and and put them all into custom database tables. That's not something that is particularly challenging in and of itself. I feel like because it's something that I've worked a lot with with BuddyPress and uh, worked on just the WPDB class itself and migrating BBPress over the opposite direction. And so moving data around for me is something that like I enjoy doing and. I uh, think is a lot of fun. And- You're probably like one of the handful of people in the entire ecosystem that have that that has that expertise, though. Pretty pretty unique experiences, I guess. Yeah, because BB Press and BB Press, for those who don't know, is basically a Bolton, like it's a forum built on top of WordPress, and then BB Press is basically Facebook on top of on top of WordPress. Um, Buddy Press, sorry, Buddy Press is, but they're both like data. Like they they all contain a ton of data, mm-hmm. and so it was one of those things where, like, when Pippin said, "Do you want to come on and do this?" It was like, "Of course I do!" Like that would that would be a ton of fun, and it would help EDD, and it would help you. And Pippin and I have been friends for a long time, and uh, I really I really enjoy like just jamming with my friends, right? Like we can sit down and work on something, and if it's music or code or anything else, like of course I'm down to help. So, um, so the, the hardest part about about working on EDD was because it has, I mean, similar to Woo, where it has a, a pretty enormous ecosystem of third-party plugins and things that just maintaining backwards compatibility, trying to uh, write as many tests as possible to make sure that everything that was working before is going to continue to work. And that includes areas, sort of darker areas of WordPress core where you might not have a hook to intercept something and, and go grab it from the new table. Or uh, there are places where, um, it just, you can't, if somebody, if somebody decides to do their own WP query, uh, you can, you can do some guesswork for meta keys and you can kind of translate that over to some custom SQL or a custom function call and you can be clever about it, but you can't always do everything. So, uh, we, we really spent a lot of time and afterwards, even when I left the EDD team, the existing team, uh, Ashley and Chris and everyone else spent a lot of time, uh, just reviewing and, and deeply scrutinizing every add-on uh, to make sure that all the backwards compatibility stuff worked. Um, so it wasn't even the database stuff. The database stuff, we spent some time back and forth talking about and architecting out and trying to future-proof a lot of stuff and did a lot of research, not just with WooCommerce, but like other open source pieces of software that let you take a look at what the data schema is. OS Commerce is like a super old one that everyone has poked at a long time ago, but like, still a worthwhile platform and still open source and out there killing it. So like we looked at a lot of platforms to figure out like, what can we do with EDD to make it 
WordPress is a blogging platform and that's great. They can do so much more. And so I think the the the, I, the vision with EDD is, yeah, people know it for being an, a, a piece of software to help download uh, digital items and things. But uh, there's, the, there's just not much difference between that and moving on to something like Woo. And so if you could invent a brand new data schema to store your, your online store data, what would you do and how would you do it? And, uh, and we took a lot of inspiration, I think, from the folks at GiveWP because that was eventually, it started off as a fork of EDD. And so they uh, have a great development team where they forked it and they did a bunch of really awesome improvements to it. So we looked at what they had done and tried to incorporate some of the stuff back in. And uh, so there was just a lot of planning and architecture and research that went into the early days of it. And then it was like, wow, this is, this is not the three month project that everyone starts off thinking that putting custom database tables in, no. <laughs> right. It's never, it's never, it's never a three month project. It's never like planning. This stuff is always a challenge. Like even if you like just do the magic, like two Xing or just like bumping it out, like three X, I three X everything. Well, it's the, it's the unknown unknowns um, that, you know, that, <laughs> that, that get you. And one of, one of the things we did is we um, we ended up having to shim a bunch of objects like um, like the EDD has a bunch of objects for uh, customers and and products and all prices and all these things had these their own PHP objects in them and in order to make sure that we could maintain some bit of backwards compatibility with all of those things we have we have new classes in the middle and we made them magic so that if somebody tries to interact with some piece of data that wasn't there before, that should be that we can go out and get it just in time. And uh, all the database stuff that we did all comes with query caching and object caching for free, which EDD never had before with some of that old stuff. It's just custom queries all the time. And so we ended up doing like all these things that really made EDD3 like an amazing piece of software but I think like the the place that it and like so the project went a little bit off the rails. I mean, in all for all good reasons. But like once we saw how awesome that it was working, and like saw the test passing, and saw that like this was really truly alive and working and working really well. Yeah, you were getting there. Yeah, we were all all, all of a sudden it was like, well, if we're if we're gonna do all of these things, what else can we do? And then it's sat in beta for a really long time, you know, because the sky was all of a sudden the limit. We could do really good reporting. We could do really good, really complex partial refunds and, uh, and transaction things that we couldn't do uh, with the old version of EDD because we weren't storing data in a way that allowed for us to do those things. It, custom database tables can't be the only feature in EDD3. We should make sure that there's a reason that we're, we're doing this. And so we, we redid reporting. We added some things for partial refunds, which meant we needed new UI, which meant we needed new UI elements, which meant we sort of looked at what everyone else was doing for UI and decided what we wanted to sample and what we wanted to invent. And like all these things sort of just, they they go downhill a little bit real fast where on a small team that can't move quickly and can't crank stuff out um, because there's just so much opportunity to improve it all. Yeah. It, we just, it's it sort of sat and... Uh, and so, and, and the successful things, I think, uh, Berlin DB was one of those pieces of software that came out of it was, uh, we could, we could take the logic that 
EDD3 needed for custom tables and knowing that WordPress doesn't have any of that. Uh, that was sort of the, the birth of uh, Berlin DB, which is an open source project that just powers custom database tables for WordPress uh, in like a very WordPress kind of way. And so we use it for Sugar Calendar. We use it in Restrict Content Pro. So it didn't have a name. I, I was up on stage at WordCamp Europe in 2019 and was showing it off and didn't have a name for it. Uh, and uh, and then it, it was uh, it was suggested that I name it after Berlin, where I, where I showed it off. And so, yeah, I named, ended up naming it <laughs> Berlin. I love Berlin. So that's, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Did someone just yell it in the audience? No, it was, I, 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 I sort of, my closer at the end of my talk was like, we have all of this cool tech, but we don't have a name for it. And so like, we will open source it. It will be available for free. But if you have any ideas, then, uh, you know, find me afterwards and let me know. And, uh, and then it, it was Pete, Peter Wilson, I think Pete Wilson, uh, who was at human made for a while and, uh, and was at awesome motive and is at 10 up now. I think he was ultimately the one that suggested to name it Berlin, and like on GitHub Berlin, just the name Berlin is squatted by somebody and just like an empty username or repo. And so I tried contacting them to get it, but they ghosted me. So Berlin DB is what it ended up being. I find myself in a similar situation <clears throat> with developing big features. And since you just kind of got out of this or you're still in it, what would you do differently when you have this, not quite sky's the limit, but these massive feature cycles where you don't want to have small releases in like two, three months? When you really, you know, till the soil and rework everything, what would you do differently in next time around? Well, there needs to be a person who says like enough is enough. Someone has to be the bad guy, sort of bad girl, bad person. Someone has to be there to say like, this is working. This is enough. We, we should ship it as it is. Uh, and we will deal with whatever happens as a result of that. Because uh, the the lesson that I have learned and learned again is the longer that you take to ship something isn't just like the it's yeah, it's getting cooler and cooler and you're having more fun or whatever else. But there, there is that anxiety eventually to ship it because you have done so much and you're, you just get more and more afraid of everything that you've changed, uh, breaking something over and over again. And I think that, you know, we're, even though we're working remotely or whatever, we, we can sort of sense each other's, growing anxiety with those kind of things. And I, I think the excitement from shipping is different than the excitement of inventing. And like WordPress has always done a good job of like incrementally inventing, iterating on things in ways that were invisible to most users. And then they become a reality. And I think you, we have to build things that way. Uh, Apple's another good company. Porsche is a good company that like you look at these companies that have been around forever and they, they iterate and they release new things every year. But a lot of the times you might not see what's going on. It might not matter. Uh, and it, it's just too easy to get caught up in this, like it, it, the, the completely empty void of possibilities that someone has to be like, no, like there has to be a person that everyone responds to and listens to that goes, you're right. It's time for this to go. We are done with this. We will move on to something else because otherwise we will, we we will just keep iterating and chopping away at it forever, and we will never, um, we'll never ship it. And it's gotta, it's gotta go. And so, one thing that I've been following, I don't implement it yet for my own product, but uh, that's 
growing in popularity. For example, like Adam Wattown uh, uses it for a Tailwind UI. It's a shape up by the, the people at uh, Basecamp. And uh, it, they, they break it down in a, into six-week cycles. And they, they basically, like, the, the idea is you hard limit the six-week. And then if you can't make the six-week for, like, the whole thing, you just reduce the scope. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing that on a smaller scale, like, even smaller, like, week or two-week fractions. But, I mean, for a complete version rewrite, that's always, like, a challenge. But I think that's kind of why they've they've kind of avoided that that whole rewrite like with Basecamp, it's because even my experience and as a consultant, those larger projects, it becomes really hard to capstone them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like you've explained, like and at least having that is helps with that. And uh Okay, so like every every piece of software that we've tried to use is Basecamp or Asana or do we track for WordPress or whatever else, like the the dev cycles, agile development, all the things like there is value in all of them. They are all useful tools. They're all fun and they're as fun and exciting as the people that you work with, right? Uh, but if there isn't someone to capstone it, like you said, Carl, like if there isn't a person that everyone looks up to and respects and says, "Okay, you're done. This is good enough." Like just a, the just saying good enough. Yeah, we will all take whatever the boundaries are, whatever the six week cycle is, and go. Well, we had somebody out last week, so let's bump this to seven weeks. So let's we were in the middle of this and we're really close. So let's do another week on this. And we all just it, it slides and it slides and it slides. And if there there needs to be a person. Yeah, that's kind of why the, I resonated with the six week idea is that that's fixed. So if somebody's out, you just reduce how much you would have done in the six week as opposed to bumping the time up. Um, but again, it's it's such a like you said, it, it needs to work for like the people and everybody, like everybody has to be on the same page. It's much more important than whichever system you pick. It's like, is as long as everybody's comfortable with the system, but you always need somebody that'll be like, if it's not the system that tells you, you need somebody to be like, this is, this is enough. But also like one thing I was, I was curious about while you were talking is, and that's a bit like WooCommerce specific too, but like, what were the, 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 the caveats are like when you were when you were working on like EDD three, and you're trying to like focus on backwards compatibility. Like, what were the like basically um, common, not necessarily mistakes, but things that people did that like affected your ability necessarily or their ability to to maintain their code with upgrades? Because I feel like that's a challenge for any third-party add-on developer, anybody that's working with WooCommerce, whether it's any e-commerce or platform as well, like EDD or WooCommerce, like it's, it's using the right things, the right tools. And like, sometimes you, you want to take shortcuts and you're like, this is great. Except like you end up in a situation like this, where you're going to be in a lot of pain later for, for maintenance. So one of, one of the things specifically that came up, uh, was the the EDD product class is like this giant super class that has all of the things that uh, like pertain to a product taxation. Oh, it's a god class. It's the god class, right? Yes, is huge, and in in an attempt to make that class flexible, which is the right thing to do, particularly in WordPress land, it was loaded with filters that had a ton and a ton of filters in it. And 
that's great because you can extend anything you want and then you can make it do whatever you need it to do. And that's something that all of us do all the time with our own code to try and introduce some extensibility and make it flexible. But the problem there is that filters let anyone do anything. And it is every single filter that was in that class of, of uh, there must have been a hundred or more. I mean, there were methods and they all had hooks in them. And uh, it, the, so when we switched, we basically like did kind of the only thing you could do, which is we, we could have, we, if someone still uses the EDD product class, it will work and it will load and it will do all the things it needs to do. But we switched it from, uh, like all of its internals, like orders, getting querying the orders for a product, querying the customers that uh, that purchase that product for reporting. There's like all these touch points in this product class that all had filters on them, and they were they were they were basically just impossible to ensure that we could maintain backwards compatibility with everything that was filtering inside of them. They were filtering like query parts, and it was just insane. Where it was all good intention. They were all good ideas and they all made life easier for someone at some point somewhere. But for all those good intentions, it really made trying to uh, like refactor, bolt, bolt, redo that class in a strategic way uh, really, really difficult. We spent a lot of time on that, which is where we ended up with these like middleware classes that their, their, their job, their only responsibility is to like, look for someone trying to access something that should exist in 2.x and that doesn't exist in 3 and then just hot load it in there and then if somebody accesses something in the, the 3.0 way that we can make sure that it's magic in the 2.x way so that no matter which way they're facing that the data will be there in a way that they will expect uh, and that was it's the, the hooks and the filters was the hardest part everything else you could kind of I mean, I find that a challenge myself, like trying to design because there's like a pressure I find like as like, I mean, you must know this more than all of us, but there's a pressure to make everything extensible, but making everything extensible has a, a cost like for our maintenance. Like, I mean, I'm always super shocked. I mean, it's one philosophy to do, to, to deal with it, but I'm always so shocked when like people use filters and things like that. And then they don't they don't validate anything once the data comes back. They're just like, oh, yeah, it'll come out fine. It'll come out fine. Nobody's going to mess it up or anything. It's not going to blow up the entire application. Or, I mean, f- fair enough. Like, you blew it up. It's your fault. But at the same time, I, I'm i a developer that likes to have type safety, that likes to, like, make sure that things are okay. And every time you add these extension points, you're, like, complexifying the the whole thing. So I tend to push back a lot more on that. Like, and I don't know if it, did that did that philosophy change a bit with EDD with like the with the the version three migration? Yes and no. The like my philosophy with WordPress hooks is is really that like they are a like an application layer piece of functionality. And that if you get to a really low level point in a in like Berlin DB has some, uh, but that's they're 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 there on purpose. Where the like hooks and filters are things that should happen pretty late, like after things have happened, or 
super early if you want to like no-op or nullify something from ever even happening in the first place. Once there's something in the middle, once there's like like the WP query class in WordPress that has all these uh, BIREF actions and things on the, the query parts, you're like, man, that's that's cool, but like, and it's useful, but you can never really get rid of it. You can never change it. You can, because it's, it is integral or in, integral to like the, the, the deeper underlying function of that code. And that's, that's when it gets really difficult to, to maintain going forward, in my opinion, my experience. Yeah, I've, I get it. But at the same time, I'm like thankful for it because I mean, my, my serverless product probably couldn't exist without the level of of deep um like i like even at the php level i go in and try to like fake things uh because of it but it's hard from a maintenance perspective it is hard like from with wordpress plugins that are your own or like if someone's listening and they're writing their own plugin like it's more important that you have a consistent pattern with how you use actions and hooks and filters that people can anticipate when they if you're trying to build extensibility into your plugin you can't just, I would suggest not anyways, like littering hooks wherever you want them. Like don't even put them in at first. Wait until someone needs one. And then like with BBPress, we, we always have filters on get functions. They're always at the end of the function. They always type the cast after apply filters gets run so that you'll always have a consistent Boolean or array or whatever. So no, even if they return some crap object that the application won't die or fail, like that's the our goal as developers is to keep all this running, right? It's not yeah exactly. Like, so it, if we the best you can do is typecast after a filter gets run and all those things. I totally totally agree. And uh, and th- those are lessons you don't learn until uh, you you get bit or burned by it. You're like, oh yeah, that would have saved us like a ton of trouble to just cast that right at the end and return it or something. Yeah. See, I didn't even l- learn it from. I just observed. A lot of people like this is kind of my first product and I'm just I'm kind of like you I what you said like I went with zero hooks or filters and um and I add them very like I need to know what you're trying to do before I because I think that's like a pro- like that's a problem like you like you said like it, it might be tempting to just like put it everywhere and then you're like well i don't have to worry about it they can just use the hook and things like that but it's it's a burden on you um the developer in the future uh i like saying you have to think about future carl but you know future trip j and uh that's like problematic um and Honestly, I it's not discussed a lot, but I I almost like maybe one day I'll write about it once I feel more confident about the topic. But I feel like it's worth discussing because it's it's a huge burden, lot like long term. Um, well, and, and WordPress is a project like there's different patterns all over the place, and any open source project is going to experience that where people come in and they contribute, and people go out, and then someone comes in and they have their own way of doing things, and. So you, if you if you pay attention and you if you care about the history or the if you if you if you enjoy sort of digging through WordPress's source code, uh, you can you can identify you can pick stuff out and you can see a little bit of people's uh, approaches in the code that they write and uh, and so it's all just it's just. Uh, uh, like the approaches that we take, we uh, if as soon as people start using it 
it's sort of you're sort of stuck with it, right? It, unless you really abandon it and reintroduce a new version or something else. And uh, so with Berlin DB, we really, I really wanted to kind of get it right, which we all do, right? We all want to, we all start out with some, uh, uh, we've this, we're going to do it right this time. Uh, and then, you know, eventually as we started implementing it into EDD and sugar calendar, I was like, oh, well, we could, we could, this could be extensible. This could be a base class. This could be a trait. This could be this. It's kind of, it all starts to turn into different pieces. And, uh, but thankfully, uh, because custom tables were something that, uh, I've been, I've been dealing with and staring at with WordPress for so long that, uh, really the bulk of getting Berlin DB built and working and functioning really, truly did not take me very long in terms of hours. Well, I mean, you're the domain expert. You probably have, you had like five previous implementations in the back of your head with all the previous, like, you know, the drawbacks of each. It's true. So it was, it was fun. And I, and, and I really do think that Woo is going to need to have custom tables for, for pretty much everything. Hey everyone, Bob WP dropping into the show for a short break to tell you more about our two pod friends and to thank them for their amazing support. Weglot is known as an industry standard in the WordPress space to help builders turn client sites into multilingual shops. And as a supporter of the larger WordPress community, they are proud to announce their global sponsorship of 2022 WordPress events. With this sponsorship, I know they can continue to build long-lasting relationships and make new connections with the community and with you, the Woo Builders. So I say kudos to Weglot for this larger support to the ecosystem and make sure at the next event you attend to find them and say hi. You can learn about them at weglot.com and to read more about their global sponsorship. Our sponsor Nexus has made some game-changing enhancements to their managed hosting plans. These include WooCommerce Automated Testing, Sales Performance Monitor, and Plugin Performance Monitor to keep you or your client sites powerful, profitable, and error-free. Trust me, we know it as Do The Woo is powered by Nexus. Now, best of all, all of these are free with any Nexus plan, so make sure and take a moment and head over to nexus.net. Make sure and check out both of these pod friends, and now let's get back to the show. So they'll need a framework like Berlin DB, like like an API for, like because because that's basically what Berlin DB is. It's an API for custom tables. Yeah, eventually the pattern breaks down where it's the it's the same for everything, right? Like uh, get users, get posts, get comments, uh, get term. They're, they're, all these functions end up being pretty much the same. And the closer that they are to being the same is the better all of us are. But if you just had one function called get thing and you had to tell it where to go and what to do, would that be better or worse? You know, like how, at what point is it, have you abstracted it too much where it's not useful and at what point is it familiar enough where everyone knows how to navigate it? And so finding that balance is another one of those things where like is Berlin really tries to make it easy, but at some point this isn't easy. And so how do you, you someone has to take responsibility to write the database table schema and put the class put the indexes where they belong and decide that that's, that things are going to be what they are. And 
<laughs> eventually we'll get to a point where this code is just writing itself, right? I get that like we're at the verge of AI just solving all of our problems for us. But I don't use GitHub uh, Pilot, Autopilot, but apparently it's magical. I keep hearing. Uh, it is magical. It is incredible. Get, GitHub, it's... Uh, it's spooky. It's it mm-hmm. it uh it's not right. It, it's very uncanny. <laughs> yeah, um, that's what everybody that uses it. My friend Patrick uses it, and he was using it yesterday. And all he could send me was like these head explosion emojis, basically all the time. He was like, I don't know if he did an update, but it's even crazier than before. <laughs> it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. It's really spooky. Like, because uh, there there are. I feel like there are very few moments in computing. At least for me, where I'm like, wow, that's that's different. That is cool. Like uh, the, the Apple's new thing with uh, the universal control or whatever it's called. Man, it it, mm-hmm. it it works amazing. It works so good. Right. And I know that it's just like uh, Synergy with you know, Apple Sugar on top or whatever. And Synergy was great too. I used Synergy uh, a long time ago. But like universal control is just magic. You're like, this is perfect they nailed it and so yeah uh copilot is weird it uh it just uh it it works in a way and it does what it does in a way where you're like there's how did it know how does it know how did like you can ask it wordpress questions and it knows the answers to things that it writes get get option and gets the option out of the thing and it like it uh, it's unbelievable it's weird it's spooky Everyone should try it because it is like the future of stuff. I still haven't tried it. I mean, I've, I think they have it on. I always keep thinking it's only on VS Code and I use like PHP Storm, but I think you can get it on PHP Storm as well. I think you can. Well, and it's Arthur C. Clarke's first law, right? Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. That's true. That's yeah. where we're at now. Like Photoshop content aware fill. That is magic. You select an area, you tell it to fill it, and it fills it with a background instead of a person. That's magic. Well, even David Copperfield, like the magician, uh, like I think somewhat famously, like gave an interview somewhere. I was to Vox or somebody where he basically said, like the 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 stuff that he was dealing with when he was became famous in the eighties and nineties was was more tech than magic. And that if we could see the tech that magicians are using and we understood it and knew it, that it, we would probably be pretty freaked out. That like the stuff that really high level magicians are doing with tech uh, is just, it's not just deep fakes and it's not just deep fakes video audio. It's, it's you know, it pretty much imagine really spooky, scary stuff. And that magicians are, they're, they're a part of that in a, in a way that, because their their whole livelihood is based on the uh, the very very strategic uh, implementation of fooling people and uh, and espionage type uh, situations to pull the wool over your eyes and make you think that the world you're looking at is the world you're not living in and it's just crazy the stuff that uh, you know that, that's when we're talking about custom database tables and EDD and WooCommerce I think to myself like we are not building. AI, we are not building, uh, we're not launching uh, rockets, we're not launching satellites that uh, have to orbit the Earth. Uh, I'm I'm glad that we're passionate about WordPress, and I love that we all love what we do together, 
but the majority of the problems that we're solving are really, really small <laughs> potatoes and that we can kind of just make a decision and move on and it'll be fine either way. Yeah. And uh, I get, I love that we debate about it. I love that we care and I love that we care about the details and the syntax and the approach and the names and everything. I love it, but we can kind of just pull the trigger and move on and, 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 and solve bigger and do more difficult problems. With Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I find there's like a balance. It's like anything. There's always a balance. There's always a balance because totally is. There totally is. Especially like you, you would know more, even more than any of us here. Like maintaining open source work is, is a long, you know, it's, it's a commitment. Um, and I was having that discussion actually in the post status podcast with Tanya. And I was just saying like, there's very little work. Like, you know, if, if, for example, you disappeared tomorrow. I now there's a bunch of of developers probably helping you with BB Press and Buddy Press, but like there was a time where it was just you. And if like if and if for some reason you were plucked out, like <laughs> you know, like little aliens came in and they're like, oh, we want some Trip J action, and they're like, boop, 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 and and you you were off. You're like the project's kind of like not dead, but it's it's basically a zombie. Um, and there's a lot of open source project. Like I feel like there's not a good discussion on on continuity of of a lot of of a lot of things that we use as as professional. One of the you know with with WordPress as a project and and its its mission for democratizing publishing and relative to like SpaceX where the mission is democratizing space travel. I think. There, it's it's such an open ended and sort of uh, amorphous uh, motto where you can apply whatever you want to it, and and I, I think at first, democratizing anything sort of means just letting anybody be able to publish on the internet, and let anyone uh, use WordPress and everything else, and but I think that there are like so many layers to democratizing the software that we use and that we build and that we write that. Continuity is a big part of it. Where what happens when one of us, you know, bows out or disappears? And ideally, the the licensing and the open sourcedness and the the democratization of it, ideally, lets someone pick up the ball and keep running. You know, like when yeah. uh, when Alex Mills passed away, uh, Viper Double O Seven Bond, a bunch of his projects end up at Automatic, and other people maintain it, and some stuff lives on in WordPress Core itself, and uh, they're just, um, they're just, we're going to see more of that as, uh, as time goes on, we won't see less of it. And, and so, yeah, it's, uh, is an important part of it, but I, I really think that part of being an open source, a good open source steward or, uh, living, living the lifestyle, I guess. Right, Carl? Like if you're, if you're in it, you're in it. And this is, this is part of how you feel and yeah. who you are and, you don't have to be that way, right? It's totally fine if people are like not living the, the lifestyle and it And it's okay if you want to move on too. Like I like that's the that's the hard discussion too. Um totally. I mean, for me the most vibrant example is probably Antires, who made Redis, and at some point like after a decade, it was just like I mean, I started he was I'm I'm paraphrasing, but he was just saying like I started this because it was a cool project that I really liked and but eventually things grow out of scope um, and they, they grow in size and he became a maintainer and not so much a developer. And, and 
that was not bringing him joy to his life. So he, he found a way to move on and we have to be okay with that as well. Um, with anybody. Um, and it was 10 years later, like he's been doing it for 10 years or however long it was 15. I don't know. No, probably 10 <clears throat> that at some point, I think it's also just time to move on and you want to go on a new adventure. Did this like seven year travel bug that some people have like me, when, like every seven years you want a bigger change. Uh, but John, I'm, I'm curious since you've been doing so much open source work for, I don't know, 20 years, just about, maybe? Yeah, just about 20 yeah. years. Uh, have you ever worked on, did you before WordPress, did you do like movable type or have a mint or something like this? Or was it always just shit to WordPress? Like my first intro to coding was when I was probably 12 or 13 years old was Visual Basic 3.0. Uh, and that was like my, looking back, that was like my favorite code I think I've ever written because it, was just ridiculous and so stupid but it was amazing in all the wrong ways and then i uh eventually right out of high school got a job working for a company in sussex wisconsin and they wanted to rewrite all of their like old dos based billing and inventory stuff in visual basic and microsoft access and all this microsoft stuff and so it's probably 97 1997 was when i started coding and building that and i was the only developer like in a, in a room by myself coding this thing i think after a year and a half i just like stopped going because it was so depressing and sad and like <laughs> couldn't couldn't go to this room anymore and sit there and uh and then i was like i don't think i want to be an engineer anymore like it's not for me it's not fun it's not whatever and so then had some odd jobs and still kept up with like web development coded some flash stuff that was fun and really enjoyed action script and uh was into cars for a while and people were building car forums and uh and like started looking at how the licensing for like envision powerboard or v bulletin or all those older forum pieces of software were they were not open they were expensive and you couldn't you couldn't just turn it on and go with it you had to buy it and then uh and that bummed me out because i was just like a poor high school aged kid And so I started looking for like free and open source forum software, free initially, but not necessarily caring about open source so much. And then found PHPBB in like the 2.x days. And uh, it had a lot that was in it. It was pretty cool. But then, uh, and that's how I learned PHP. It was very similar to VB where the syntax, syntactically, it wasn't that much different. And I could understand it pretty quick and got into it and, Uh, but my experience trying to contribute back to the PHPBB project was not super well received. Not that it was like bad or anything, but it was just like it moved pretty slow and uh, and mods were weird and they didn't really have a good plugin system or anything for it. And there was a there was a French developer uh, named Pierre who I only knew as as Pierre who had forked PHPBB to add plugins and a calendar and uh, hierarchical categories to PHPBB. And I was like, oh, this is like way better. And that's where I like, kind of got introduced to the idea of the GPL and forking software. And I was like, oh, you can just, you just take it and run with it. And it's totally fine. And he's like, yeah, you can pretty much do whatever you want with it. And so then I started sort of building and learning PHP through forking a lot of his stuff and uh and took it as far as i could until he essentially did the same thing he's like yeah i don't have time for it anymore i'm not really into it the way that i used to be and the project is basically in maintenance mode and i was like oh man that really stinks 
And so then I started looking like what what software is there that has hierarchical categories? Like what allows me to have infinitely listed categories to put topics or posts and things into forums and found a WordPress at first, didn't find Drupal found or BB press. I found WordPress and then was like, Oh, well, WordPress is cool, but it doesn't have forums. So then found BB press. I was like, Oh, BB press is awesome. It's forums, but it doesn't have pages or website stuff. So like how, can someone have a full-on website by having BB Press and WordPress together? Uh, and I was like, oh, well, this is, we can kind of bolt these things together pretty loosely. And then back in the day, uh, Peter Westwood, Sam Bowers, Matt Mullenweg, everyone was super receptive. They're like, oh yeah, just upload a patch and that makes sense and we'll review it and we'll we'll, we'll shred through it and go. And so uh, Mike Adams or uh, all of the, uh, Mark Jakewith, all the, the Ryan Bohr and all these like early WordPress people were like, Go go go! You know, if you're working on this, is this is stuff that you need, and you're uh, you're able to facilitate some improvements to these pieces of software that not a lot of people are really paying a whole lot of attention to. And WordPress had just absorbs Drupal's approach to taxonomies and stuff at the time, and so BB Press had just inherited that approach, but had improved it a little bit. And uh, so there was just a lot of moving parts and a lot of stuff that I needed early on. And uh, from there, I was like, man, like is like a cool group of people in IRC hanging out. And like my, my contributions are making an impact. They're ending up in releases. Uh, like we're, we're helping uh, really set the pace here for the software. And, uh, and so that was probably 2006, seven, eight, nine. I think I made my word, actually like made a wordpress.org account only to like patch BB press or something back in the day. And, uh, and from there it was like, man, this is, this is kind of like what I see myself doing and eventually did what everybody does, took on client work, uh, uh, took on, uh, learned how to, uh, to pay my taxes, learned how to, uh, you know, all, all these things where, um, and, and from there it was like, well, what, now that I've been doing this for a little while, what do I, I actually enjoy out of all of this? Like, what are the things that are the things that I think need, attention, but also the things that I really enjoy spending my time doing. And um, I think from my previous experience doing VB and access and uh, building a lot of the backend type of stuff when I was a kid that uh, doing MySQL uh, database stuff has just been a thing that has always felt fun for me. And like watching applications scale horizontally or vertically, like, wow, it's finally uh, working the way that we all wanted it to work is just like a really rewarding sort of experience. And then it's like, uh, um, like I enjoy the tough problems. Like when we were working on sugar calendar, trying to do uh, recurring events and querying the database for those and, uh, and getting everything to work correctly with the iCalendar spec and getting feeds and stuff working. Like these were things that like, there isn't, uh, there are some PHP pieces of software that do this, but there's not a lot of code to look at for examples to get an idea or a sense of scope of how difficult that a problem like that's going to be. A decade ago, I had to build calendar software on top of WordPress and I actually had to read like papers like on the topic because the uh, f- without going into the weeds too much because uh, we have to wrap up eventually, but it, just finding how to schedule events so there's like no overlapping times, uh, like blocks of times, things like that, how to store that in a database in a way that you can query it um, and find that information. This is when I was like sold on Postgres, by the way, because I remember coding so much of this in PHP and then 
I've just learned that basically in Postgres, there's a data type that just does that all for you, like magically. And I was just like, totally. I was like, if you could imagine my face, like so serious and frustrated, like, cause it was, it's hard. It's, it's like a genuinely hard problem. Like forms. I'm sure if we had a person from gravity forms or, or any of the form software forms, there are people like the person that did symphony forms wrote his master's thesis on it because it's a hard problem. There are hard problems. They are. So after 20 years, I know this sounds like a very generic question, but I find these fascinating. And don't say nothing. Everything is perfect. That's a lame as... Okay, now you have to That's say a... nothing. You have to say nothing. <laughs> like you, you like jinxed it. What? Like you have to say it now. What maybe have you learned along the way or what would you have done differently in the last 20 years with this whole moving from VB to open source? Like what is, what would you, what's the gem of advice you would want to hand, hand out to someone hmm. 20 years younger than you? Uh, so my, a long time ago, well, not that, maybe, maybe six months ago, I pinned a tweet and my pinned tweet is that I regret everything. So the, the, maybe the subtext to that and my, my advice is, uh, and my, sto- I'll tell a story, like a two minute long story. That's, it's not, a, it's not a story that most of you haven't heard, but I love telling the story. Prince, the artist Prince, uh, played at the Super Bowl in like the early 2000s or whatever. And a uh, giant show, Super Bowl halftime show, and it's Prince. And uh, a huge event. There's fireworks and stuff. There's like all this crazy stuff planned. And it starts raining. And it's like pouring rain. And so Prince is backstage. And so it's like, you've got electric guitars. You've got headphones. You've got dancers. You've got giant speakers and amplifiers. Like, what are you going to do? Like, how how can we how can we make this show like a success? And Prince's answer is make it rain harder. You know, like, like just lean into the problem, like whatever people see as like a a hurdle or something that is in your way, something that is a challenge that seems impossible. Like we're all in this because we're solving hard problems. Like we're all in it because we're trying to build really cool things to help other people. So if if we're not in it to like get rained on so that other people don't or that other people are entertained, then like why are we doing it? So my advice is like just lean into the hard problem. When someone says like this is going to be really hard, this is going to be difficult, it's going to take a long time or I don't know if we can do this. Don't be the person that says you can't do it. Be the person that says we can do this. We can definitely do this and we will find a way. Actually, I'm always the person that says no. And then I come back and I said, well, and then people <laughs> love me for it. So piece of piece of advice. Perfect. Also, that totally works. That piece of advice. So like say no, but <laughs> like be open to changing your mind. So I, I regret doing a lot of stuff because I've definitely screwed up and made a lot of mistakes and, and, and pushed stuff out of scope and stuff has taken too long and made promises I couldn't keep. And like, I regret a lot of things. Uh, I've had conversations with people that didn't go well. I've made some friends and made some not friends and like there's there's a lot of things I, re- I regret a lot, but it's because I'm I'm chugging away and and trying to learn and and doing my best to 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 make things you know better than I than I left them so better than I found them so that's my it's my advice is I you know, make you're gonna break stuff and uh, 
That's okay. Thanks. Yeah, that's how I got into all of this. I broke a computer and had to learn how to fix it. Yeah, like a computer your parents bought you and you didn't want them to know you broke it? A computer my grandmother had just purchased and I was at her house and I called my friend's dad who worked for Baxter in IT. And I was like seven. I had him walk me through reinstalling everything on this 486 DX266. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, grandma's poor computer. And uh, that was how I got into all of this is by Mm -hmm. being forced to learn by breaking something. Totally. That was what same thing. My first computer was a Pentium 100, uh, like a Packard Bell that my dad maxed out his Sears charge card on to buy me and uh, paid for that thing for like 10 years. And uh, and yeah, it was I broke it instantly. It was like I, I reinstalled some beta version of Windows 95 that was just full of viruses and just ruined everything. And it's like I'm, I'm dead if my dad finds out. So I got to yeah. figure this out. And uh, that is it. Just figure it out. And it's funny because I ended up, getting into visual basic and all of that um and then flash and action script we've talked about mm-hmm. that part of my my journey before um so very similar path and both of us ending up in wordpress is very interesting it's interesting um, it's cool though i have one last question and it's just a fun one and that is what is the visual basic app you wrote that you would say is the the craziest thing you ever made oh gosh and i'll answer first i wrote a windows application that used the windows api to talk to aol and aol chat rooms and make rainbow text in aol chat rooms uh i wish i mean i wish mine was as innocent as yours actually because i did the same thing uh, yeah, because I mean, it was like AOL and whereas and yep. uh, all all those things were they were just like a uh, uh, is again like unlimited potential to just do whatever you wanted to. So America Online was this program that came on a disc that you'd have to install that was like notoriously insecure. Oh, it was so uh, bad a, it, in in every aspect of this piece of software. And so uh, and Visual Basic was a piece of software that was notoriously undervalued because you could essentially do almost anything you wanted with it within the construct of Windows. So I built a a Trojan horse, right? Basically a virus uh, that uh, would uh, run in the background and uh, bit blit a screenshot of America Online when you would open it and then overlay text boxes where the login screen would be so that I had a key stealer and then would just get people's passwords and then behind the scenes would email their passwords to like a random email address and just get people's uh, login credentials. But but eventually those would, and it was just an AOL account that it would all go to because you could just make fake AOL accounts back things. They didn't do any credit card validation. And we used those eventually to get TOS accounts because the in order to have admin powers on AOL, you just had to have a screen name or a username that started with TOS, Terms of Service. There was no other checking. And so you could, um, you just had a TOS account and you were like a super admin across all of America Online. You could do pretty much whatever you wanted to. Custom AOL keywords, all the crap. 
So yeah, it was a long time ago and I was a teenager. So I don't think that anyone could prosecute for any of that stuff anymore. So no, no, we're way past all of that. I, I did have the admin tools for AOL at one point. That's so funny. This story is so funny because I literally tweeted earlier this morning because um, it's coming out like Okta, if you know what that is, is basically like a platform used to secure a lot of enterprise like soft ser- services. Like I, I have consultant clients, like you can't log into to get, and it comes out that it's like some 17 year old in the UK that, that hacked them. And the reason I said that is because I remember reading an article on info security and they said the two most dangerous types of person on the internet are organized criminals and bored teenagers. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Totally. It's totally true. Absolutely. And I was a bored teenager. Yeah. And I was too. And it was never malicious. I never did anything to like hurt anyone. It was never, it was all just exploring like what I could do with visual basic uh and uh and and AOL and there was tons of stuff we like key key gens uh scrollers uh I mean there's like all those I really get nostalgic when we start talking about AOL because there's like so many terribly great pieces of software that have like completely gone missing from the web completely lost on Canadians yes uh Lucifer X AOL uh Spiral all these old like mm-hmm. AOL programs that as a teenager like you needed to get online it was ridiculous it was so stupid but it was really educational uh in a way that i feel like kids don't have a sandbox like that these days you know kids don't have a a place where they can even myspace was the last time that i think anyone had a place to dump some javascript and css and like hack a website you know or like innocently there isn't that really anymore um but it was so much fun it was so stupid and there were a lot of people doing a lot of really bad things, uh, but it was just fun to be like learn how to code stuff and subclass stuff and uh, and break stuff. And it was uh, I'm glad that you know it's one of those things where I begged my dad for a computer, and he had no idea why what it was or why I wanted it, and just thought it was dumb. <laughs> and uh, and it's like it was one of those things where I oh, gosh I really I really have to make this worth it. Because uh, we didn't have, just like everyone else, we didn't have much growing up. And uh, it was, uh, I lived in a, in a small town where there weren't a lot of people and not a lot of people were into this kind of thing. And so, uh, you know, a lot of, but it was, again, it was one of those things where like you lean into the adversity of it. You know, you you be the only one who's going some direction and eventually, you, you know, carve a path and people follow or whatever. I don't know, whatever the metaphor is. There. I'm glad to be here with you guys and hanging out and talking about this stuff. It's always a lot of fun. I'm going to share my illegal things after when we're off air. Um, but I'm going to be the person right now to say enough is enough because we're almost at an hour. Absolutely. So let's just... Uh, I feel like this was a good that was a good capstone. That was a good capstone. It was. Um, where can people get in touch with you if they're, they're wanting to do so? Twitter and GitHub at JJJ and JJJ.blog where I, I should blog more and like the rest of us and, and don't really do it as much as I should. Okay. And you know where to find uh, Till, Carl, and myself. Uh, thank you, JTrip, for joining us today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Always good to see y'all. Looking forward to seeing you in person, hopefully, in the near future. Same here. Likewise. 
Everyone, thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I'd like to give one more shout out to our two pod friends. Make sure and say hi to the team at Weglot, a WordPress global sponsor at your next meetup or WordCamp in 2022. You can learn more about them at weglot.com. And with any Nexus managed hosting plan, you will get WooCommerce automated testing, sales performance monitor, and plug performance monitor all free at nexus.net. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at DoTheWoo, on our site at DoTheWoo.io, or on your favorite podcast app. And until the next time, keep on doing the woo.